Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Scott Schilling Speaks. Today, my guest is a mind and body counseling and uh, mind and body counseling and coach on all that. And we're going to talk a little bit about personal power and grabbing all that. Don Gaden, thanks for joining me here today. Thank you. So good to be here. Love these conversations. Yeah, really. So what is uh, a mind and body counseling slash coach? Okay. <laughs> Good question. So yeah, so I'm a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan and then also receive coach training. So they're like two separate things. How I practice and how I teach is I merge the two because there's, you know, there's this, I guess, traditional belief about counselors. We focus on disease. We focus on just managing problems where the coaching philosophy and perspective is more on focusing on possibility, focusing on abundant health and wealth and no happiness. And I've always been from that perspective in what I've done with clients. And it was actually a, a, a few years into working as a therapist because, you know, traditional, you know, you go to high school, you go to college, that's what I did. So there was no co coaching wasn't a real big thing then. And I thought, oh, I want to work with people, so this is what I'll go into. And the counseling program I went into had a certification program called um, Complementary Medicine and Wellness because I knew the whole body was important when it came to living a healthy life. And so it was just a little bit into my counseling um, career where I would have clients tell me, you're a coach, you're not a therapist, you're not a counselor. And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't even know what you mean. And, and I, they'd say, you make me do work. You make me reach my goals. We're not just sitting here talking about problems. And then I come back next week and we talk more about my problems. You actually expect me to do the work and make the changes I say I want to make. I'm like, well, of course. That was, that's, to me, that's a given. But it really, apparently, in the big picture, it's not a given. The scope of trainings or practices have different philosophies. And I sort of merge them to do what I think works for clients, you know, so I kind of merge them and. That's awesome. So, you know, you talk about helping people really find their, their own superpowers. How does that help them as they move through life? We often look outside of ourselves for validation for um, I'm good enough. If I have the money then I'm successful, if I have this relationship, I must be good or, and it's really within us. We have these powers within us that make us who we are and that make, we're all unique. We're all, if we're on this planet today, I believe we're, if we're all on this planet, we have some special gifts. We have within us what we need to be just fully thriving and living our lives. And so I call those like our superpowers. If we tap into those powers within us, then out here, life shows up for us in a way that really matches and aligns with who we say we are, what we think, how we feel and what we do. That comes from the inside first. So it's one of my, um, I do a Kundalini yoga practice and she talks about, um, we do a practice called uh, um, Nabi Kriya, which is Nabi Kriya. It's about the core, developing the core, our inner core strength. And if we have this really strong core strength, and we're talking about physically, but also like mental, spiritual, right. and emotionally, if we have this just this really strong core, just a strong 
core without anything else physically, then things out here don't last. But if we have a strong inner core, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, then things last. Then they align with, with all the pieces to make us well-rounded, healthy people. Makes a lot of sense that, you know, again, I think we all have our um, assigned duties, our assigned pathways, our assigned destiny mm-hmm. along the way. And, and the question is, have you really stepped up to get it? Yeah. Have you? Have you done the things that you can do to probably go outside? Or People say, you know, get outside your comfort zone. I would suggest most people live in their discomfort zone. It's get outside their discomfort zone to get even more dis- um, uncomfortable going forward. So how do you help them do that? You said it's a p- combination of counseling and, pra- and coaching. Right, right. So we, do, we don't necessarily go too much back into the past. You know, in a sense where, again, if you think about therapy, people think about therapy as we're going to go back and dig up the past. Sometimes we have to take a look at the past to figure out how we got here. Mm-hmm. But really what we have to do is take a look at here. Where am I right now? Why, where am I not happy? How am I not fulfilled? And then what am I going to do to make the change? And where I start with my clients is our thoughts. And oftentimes... It's a, it's a handful. I can't give an exact number, but clients will come in and go, I don't think about what I think about. I don't know what I think about. I don't know what's motivating me. I don't know what I think about when I wake up in the morning. They might think, say, I feel like I'm depressed. I feel like I'm sad. I don't feel happy. Okay, well, let's figure out what thoughts feed those emotions, which are giving you the results, you know, which actually lead your actions, which give you the results. So we start with that. Like, let's figure out what your beliefs are. What's driving you every day? And, and what happens is we discover half the beliefs come from what we were taught. We don't even agree with them. We just go through life thinking, well, isn't that what I'm supposed to believe? Well, you get to believe whatever you want. And we don't really realize that. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. I, I was in a conversation yesterday with somebody and um, said, oh, that's you know, where I started my career when I was 18 years old. In fact, my dad worked for that company for 46 years from the time he was 17 to 63. And and the person just went, oh, and I went, man, it's so interesting. I mean, I hadn't said that in quite a while that I had followed a similar path without even really knowing I followed the path. Uh, you know, it made me sit back and be a little bit reflective on so many times we we don't even, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know why we don't even know it. Right. Right. True. Yeah. You know, and, and we haven't taken that step into um, opening up our, our gifts, our, our different giftings from that. So how do you work with, with people when they, they show up and they don't know what they don't know at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they when they show up and they're coming to me because they are looking for something, right? They're seekers. They're looking for something more. They're unhappy in one way or another. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I we have a conversation where, you know, and I always I look at what are you what do you enjoy in your life? Where are you struggling in your life? And let's take a look at what's working well, what's not working well. Let's start there. And then I usually have them write. I, I give homework writing first, journal, mm-hmm. journal, figure out what's in here so you can get it out on paper. 
every time people write 100%. And I tell my clients, well, the minute I have someone say this doesn't work, I will let you know. <coughs> Excuse me. But every time people write, they discover new things. There are things in the subconscious that we aren't tapped into. And it said 95% of what we think, feel, and do comes from our subconscious mind, which means 5% of the time we're consciously aware in our day, which means we need to tap into that. We need to start there and say, what's going on underneath that I'm not paying attention to? And the best way I find to do that is by writing. And I'll have clients that won't, oh, Dawn, I don't want to write. I, I'll get to it. I remember this one, and she's not the only one. I've had a couple times. People come in a year later, sometimes two years later. They have a smirk on She had a smirk on her face. I'm like, what's up? She's like, finally wrote. Why didn't I write sooner? I said, when we're ready, we're ready. You know, so we can't force anything. Yeah, very true. Yeah, but when she wrote, she just she's like, I didn't see it this way before. When I got my thoughts out on paper, I could see it differently. And then we know where we're at, and then we know how to move forward. We have to see what we don't know so that we can take that next step. It's like the light turns on. Are people uh, that you're working with, are you um, finding a lot of unique situations, uh, you know, because of the pandemic and because of, you know, people coming through uncertainty and a variety of different things that it's, it's just, it's given you a different set of issues to work, work with and work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's doing, it's presenting different things for different people, like across the board. People are having to take a look at their relationships because they're spending more time at home with their spouses. Mm -hmm. They are taking a look at parenting because now they're home with their children more often and they could there's some, a sense of avoidance for some that they could do and it was okay because they had work to occupy them or being out of the home. So they have to take a look at that. Um, some of them are realizing how um, they get sort of like that sucked in to what's going on out here, right? Technology. Again, I had one um, client who would come in so much more. I'm so depressed. I'm so depressed. I'm so depressed. And living alone, working from home. So, so let's walk through your day. Well, when I wake up, I turn my phone on. What are you looking at? Because the phones, technology, they can be good. They, you know, they can be used for good or for evil, right? And Very so what are, you, what are you looking at? Well, I'm looking at the, the politics and this and that. I said, if you're spending seven to eight hours a day feeding yourself negativity, how do you expect to feel good? So they really had to actually take a bigger look at, oh, you know, what am I doing? What, what am I responsible for? Because really it comes down to that. Uh, what am I responsible for? When I take a look at my life and maybe I'm unhappy in a relationship or with my work or my, with myself, what am, what, what's my responsibility? of how I want to feel. What am I allowing in? And so yeah, I, saw, I saw a, uh, a picture in a post this morning that was a, a gentleman sitting behind the anchor desk. And he said, welcome to the news. Let me tell you what we want you to believe today. <gasps> yes. And it was just like, yes. wow, did that hit home? 
Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't, I don't think, again, we have to get out of automatic. We have to take our power back and be really participating in our lives. I was having a conversation with my mom about um, tech, email, like she's a Facebook fan. She knows more about Facebook than I do, you know, and saying how, Don, don't you see it? Don't you see all the politics and all that? I said, no, I don't. But it's showing up. It's got, it's there. It's real. I said, well, again, it's real for you. You see it. I'm not seeing it. And then we discussed how we engage. How do you gain, engage? Guess what? If you're engaging in it, it's going to show up for you. <gasps> I didn't realize that. Real, like bring realization, bring light into your everyday. Your thinking, how you feel, what you're doing. What are you clicking on? Well, how are you participating in relationships? How are you interacting with others? That's significant. Yeah, a, um, a conversation from last week we were talking about simply reaching out to friends uh, and whether you connected with them or not you know, leaving them a voicemail or some kind of message of some sort of just a little piece of positivity. And um, I mean, I've done that for a long time as a technique or a strategy along the way, but it's interesting. They seem to be far more graciously welcomed in today's environment. People are like, oh man, thanks. I needed that. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, there's just not as much of it when there actually could be. There could be you know? so much more. More yeah. connection, more authenticity, just really being authentic. I mean, that's one thing this has showed me. I've never really been a social media person. I use it for work. But what I am finding now with where my situation, how I'm experiencing this is reaching out to those people you know, friends that I've made in New York because I was going to New York so often for training. And now that I'm not going, how am I gonna reach out? How am I gonna connect? And being able to reach out authentically using, you know, our phones, using the, you know, to reach out and just say, hi, I'm thinking about you today. Yeah, it's, it's funny, I, I picked this up and I said, this is actually a phone. <laughs> and actually, you can dial it and talk to somebody on the other side of it. It's amazing what happens when you actually have a conversation. Right. So right? true. It, it, uh, you know, and, and uh, people are so um, wanting to, to, I think, let, let that out to be heard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think even though we've been, you know, maybe bottled up a little bit, locked down, closer to each other and things like that, it doesn't necessarily mean we have communicated better. Correct. You Correct. know, so now we've got that ability to do that. It, again, with awareness, uh, a, uh, an equation that I coach on quite a bit is growth equals awareness plus inspired action. Mm -hmm. First have to be aware that there's something new and then take that inspired action towards it. And with that, then we have that growth. Right. I know we were talking just before we started about personal power. How do you how do you help somebody really grab on and, and run with their personal power? I think what I notice in the relationships in the way I work with my clients is really, I think it's what you're talking, like when you say inspired action, inspire, inspiring people. You know, again, that's I think the thing I do with my clients is that coaching piece where I'm their cheerleader. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, at the beginning of my career, I know people would 
I would actually have clients that wouldn't show up to sessions because, and then find out later they didn't do their homework and they didn't want to get yelled at and they didn't want to get, they had this belief that they were going to be in trouble. And I, I don't do it that way. That's not how I work. How am I going to help you move forward and be inspired to, to find your power and to live in your place of power if I'm going to be criticizing you or condemning you? We're going to take a look at what's getting in your way, but then what do you want and how to move right. forward? And so that's what I have found is I'm here to support you. I'm here to cheer you on. I'm here to help you help you be accountable in a way that lifts you up. And then we're like, oh, okay, then I'm strong enough. I can do this. That's up to me. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, the, the reality is we all have the, that secret store of energy, knowledge, passion, purpose. You know, how do we let it, how do we let it come out? How do we let it live? Right. Yes, that's so important. And we all have to discover, you know, we all have our own gift and we all have our own way. And it's being willing to tap into it, right? It's being willing to get past the I'm not enough and I'm unworthy. And it's such a common thing. I think it's one of those common things that we, wherever we picked it up from, right? Whether it's from parents having to say, no, don't touch the hot stove and leading to more no's, whatever it's, wherever it started, we have this, I'm not enough. There's something wrong. We have to be willing to say, uh-uh, that's not going to run the story anymore. Now I get to choose. I'm enough. You know, I'm strong. I'm confident. I have a gift to share. And then being, being able to stand in that and keep nurturing that, keep feeding that new story. And that changes our thoughts. It changes how we feel. Then we start to feel confident. We start to feel valuable because... We decide it, not because something out here says, right? you know, because we decide. And then we start showing up that way. And then people start to recognize us. Oh, wow, you walk in the room, you light it up. And, you know, and then we start to say, yeah, I have something to give for people. I have something to share. You know, and we just, we look for that. And we decide, we have to make that choice. I think choice is huge, right? We have to choose to own it and to say, yeah, I, I'm, I mean something. I'm important. You were talking about the individual story there. Mm. And, and I think it's so true. The, the, um, uh, one of last week's shows, I don't remember which one it was, but we were talking about, and this buddy and I, um, both come out of a, you know, feeling positive or, or being optimistic is just a far better road than not being, than being pessimistic and, and negative. And uh, we both almost at the exact same time talked about walking into a barn with a pile of manure going, there's got to be a horse here somewhere, right? <laughs> there's got to be that gift horse, right? And, and I think that that's it. I think that we, we have the ability to determine and um, make those decisions, but decision comes from the Latin decidere, to cut off, to cut off any other path. You know, so we really have the ability to make the decision to make that choice of how we're going to look at this. Um, there are some people who are looking at this as, oh, my God, I, I can't stand uh, sitting behind a desk anymore. And there's some people going, man, what a great break being able to sit behind a desk these days. Mm -hmm. sure. Travel's a little wonky as a, as a guy who used to be on the road all, you know, 45 weeks a year to not travel 
mm-hmm. is actually awesome. Enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. To not have to, to, you know, battle through all the stuff that's going on these days, right? Right. That's right. a decision. That's a choice. How do we help people make better choices? Yes. I, I first, I think it's having them know that they have a choice. You can choose. What was that? I said, good point. Yeah, like you have a choice. I had a client who really estranged relationship with her parents for years and then decided, well, I'm missing out on my siblings. I'm missing out on my siblings' kids. I'm There's factors here I'm missing out on. So I'm going to be involved. I'm going to step back in. And where she was is that she would step into fa- occasion, you know, she'd have to say, she thought she would have to say yes to events and then show up with a pit in her stomach and, and feeling nauseous and have to engage and have to stay. I said, wait a minute, who says? She's like, what do you mean? I said, you have a choice. You can choose to decide how long to stay. Simple things, right? Choose how long you stay. Yeah. Choose who you talk to. Choose how you visualize in your mind how you want to show up when you go. When you're on the drive to that event, visualize in your mind, do you want to, t- do you want to talk to your niece and nephew or do you want to talk to your parents who that's what creates that knot in your stomach? And just like the, oh, the, the, like the weight lifted off her shoulders, like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. I can just go and talk to my niece and nephew and just be polite to high parents and, and go and, and then leave, like stay for two hours and leave. Yes. You get to decide that. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, and that had to play quite a part in your thriving through cancer, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Making decisions, yes, on my own, what worked for me. Mm-hmm. And tell a little bit of that story and just whatever you'd like to share to, to help people, you know, face the things that they're facing these days. Right, right. So yeah, so that was an interesting journey. And it started, you know, I think it starts those journeys start way before we realize, right. And then we're presented with this opportunity to change. And so, you know, I was home with the kids raising my, our, you know, two boys, then we had twins. So we had these events happen, uh, bought a new house. So we have these four beautiful boys, um, working part time, and then my husband lost his job. And then we're like, well, how are we going to afford this new house and the kids? And so my pattern, which I wasn't quite aware of yet, that it was still playing a part in me is this come to the rescue, right? Got to fix it. Got to take care of everything. And I found the full-time job. Does it mean if I didn't do that, he would have found a job? Who knows, right? But this was a path I had to take so I could see where I had to go. So took the job and it was a job that was toxic. It was... Um, just really literally just kind of killing me. It was the first time I ever drank coffee. I was living on coffee, working really hard. I never had coffee until then. So just really unhealthy environment, really a healthy, unhealthy, um, like going through. And, and in my perspective, I was I did not like it. I was unhappy. This isn't, I mean, I remember going to the interview. I'm like, oh, I don't want this job. I got the job. I didn't want it wasn't excited about it. This was not the plan. The plan was I was going to, you know, take care of my kids. Husband was working. That was, we agreed on that. He, wonderful husband, great job raising the children. Has a, 
wonderful connection with the twins that I don't have, and it's wonderful to see, but it was different, right, because I went off to work for a few years. But it was very, I was feeling depressed, starting to feel really, like, gray. Like, people with depression have explained right. to me, like, Don, it's like the shade of gray. There's no light. The sun doesn't shine bright. It's just a different way. And I thought, oh, I'm starting to see that. Like, I'm like, this is not okay. So I had that moment of realization that this is not okay. And I remember that day driving to work through the tears again, praying. And I prayed, and I said, okay, God, this is not okay. For me to feel this way, I'm not effective at we're at work I'm not effective at home don't you can't don't have the energy to be home with my kids or my husband you got to give me something else I can't handle this anymore this has to stop I can't quit I can't just quit I couldn't do it you know had to pay the bills had to so shortly after that I was diagnosed with cancer and I see it now as a gift and I remember early, like early on people say oh cancer was the best thing that happened to you. I'm like I, I'm not seeing that yet and as I've been just really kind of working through the story, I'm like, yeah, this was a gift that kind of showed up one day on the, on the porch, phone call from the doctor. It's cancer. I'm like, okay. And it's interesting, but it took a bit for me to stop and go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This, I have to pause here and say, wait a minute. How is this going to change things? Because this is the significant thing that, that's a, like God in my world said, okay. You can handle this. And I'm like, I can't handle this. This is crazy. This is worse. But it, in that experience, I was able to say, what led me here? What got me here? It's the yes. Help others. Help others. Help others. Always the yes. I can fix it. I can take care of it. And finally, I was like, no, not anymore. I have to fill me up. I heard this from somebody. You can't pour from an empty cup. Right. I was empty. There was nothing left to give. And I realized I had to say no. And there were moments I remember even a couple of times, I, it, and it was a significant day. I remember standing at my bedroom window, looking out the window. My husband was pulling away with the kids, going off to see the family, a family event. And I said, I don't want to go. I need a rest. And it was during treatment. It was during just time to take a prep. And I thought, I get to say no. I want to stay home. And that was hard to say. Like, you have well, to sure. family events. You have to be involved. But that day I felt like, no, I need some quiet time. I need alone time. And he was, he, his head spun a few times through these changes because it was, I was creating a new me. Sure. Discussing this new way to be. And he's like, okay. So I stayed home. And it was at that moment I realized I can say no. I can say no because I want to be the best I can be. And I remember I got to a place where I didn't want to do counseling anymore. I didn't want to be a coach. I, don't want, I felt like I can't help anybody. I can't even help myself. And I gave myself the time to pause and to, to work through the cancer and really figure out what I wanted out of my life, where I could feel fulfilled and happy and find that joy again. And of course, it was with my kids and my family. And then I started discovering, well, I kept reading about, you know, personal development. I kept being drawn back to it and yoga, my yoga. And then I finally thought, okay. I want it. It's inspiring me. That's where I'm, what I'm called to do. I just have to figure out how to do it well in a way that I'm still healthy and then I can serve others. Pour from that overflow, right? Yeah, from that's awesome. Filled up, you overflow to others. So that's kind of where I keep my mind and why I do my daily morning meditation practices so I stay the course. And that's like awesome. you had said something earlier about... Um, 
that decision, like the only way. In the one of the practices I teach called Intensati, it's a mind-body class. And we talk about this non-negotiable stake in the ground. Non-negotiable. And we have to be willing to stay the course. It's not gonna happen, it may not happen tomorrow, it may not happen in a month, but are you willing to stay the course the course to something you believe in, no matter what? We don't know necessarily that when it's gonna appear, but what's important. Yeah, that's really powerful. I, you know, um, agree that, you know, I've come through multiple things in my, in my life and there were just the things that were there, mm -hmm. you know, you, you just kind of like, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> you know? And you go through and keep on going and um, you get to the next stage and then you realize that you share a story with somebody or you, you talk about something and it's like, wow, thank you. Like, sure. You know, I mean, it's interesting how it all plays out for sure. Uh, man, hard to believe we're, we're through our time. How about one last little word of wisdom for everybody and let them know how to get a hold of you as well. Yeah. So I'll end with one of my favorite quotes because I think it's powerful and it makes us really step into that conscious awareness. It's by Deepak Chopra. Every cell in your body is eavesdropping on every thought you think. Our thoughts have power and it affects us deeply. And so I just wish for everyone to really own your life, take your power back, step into your power and really know how to live fully and share with and be able to give that to others. That's awesome. How do they get a hold of you? So my uh, email is dawn at createconsciousliving.com. And then my website as well, createconsciousliving.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here today. Greatly Thank you so it. much. This is wonderful. Yeah. I love this. Thanks. Absolutely. Uh, thank you all for being here at Scott Schilling Speaks. We'll see you again tomorrow, exact same time. God bless.